grace to you, peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, we're hearing a great deal this year about the love, love, love that runs the show in 1 Corinthians 13. And it's the kind of love that the Apostle Paul says rules the hearts and minds of those who are in the church the body of which is made up of members like you and me, members like eyes and ears and feet and hands and all the parts that work together for the good of the body. Love that he's talking about is the only thing that can keep these parts working together and the parts in Corinth had problems. Here's a church that Paul loved and here's a church that Paul also had to show what we would call tough love to. They were a body, but a body divided. The schisms rending asunder the fellowship, the communion they shared. They were a body that was divided by competing loyalties to their favorite pastors and favorite profs. A body divided by lawsuits. A body divided by sins as gross as public incest and private as antinomianism. That is, there were some there who were showing off their sins, bragging about them, boasting about them, dancing on Christ's blood, daring God not to be gracious and forgiving in Christ. So be careful, dear friend in Christ. That's a dare that God might just take by hardening your heart in your sin. This was a body whose division was even showing up in the body that was divided for them, the body of Christ that they ate and drank under the bread and wine that they shared, just as they had gotten from Paul, just as he had gotten it from James and Ananias and Cephas and the rest of the lads in Jerusalem. When the body's so bad that it's fighting against itself, when the body's so bad, that it's even rejecting the medicine of immortality, the body and blood of Christ. When the body's so bad that it replaces that medicine with boasting on its own about its gifts, its flash, its status, its independence, its having no need of instruction or guidance or even the very Lord's Supper. Dear friend in Christ, that's a body in need. Indeed. And it needs stronger medicine. And that's when Paul finally puts away the paddle and picks up the pad and the pen to write them the prescription they need. And it's gentle. And it's kind. And it's not jealous or boastful, but patient. And it never fails. Love. Love plus nothing. Love minus flash. Minus boasting, minus protest, minus bragging, minus the impatient bluster of proving your worth or proving your superiority or proving your independence or your fitting inness, love. Minus self-sacrifice and good works and any hypothetical reason why anyone should even give you the time of day, love. Love plus nothing, love. Love minus your bad deeds, love. Love minus your good ones. Just love. Paul's crescendo of conditional clauses in verses 1 to 3 is the doctor dispensing the drug, but it comes with a caution. 
It comes with a caveat. If you think you can get by without it, your body will stay bad. Chew itself up, wear itself out, divide itself to death. The body in need, indeed, can dress itself up, but it's like putting makeup on a pig. It can do good works, but it'll still be a corpse in the end. It can preach all at once, but it'll be from a zombie pulpit. Words true as they may be, but ringing hollow because they echo out of a grave. That's what happens when you try to mix the drug with anything of your own making. Good deeds, bad deeds, preaching, sacrifice, flashy charismata, anything at all. The effect is null and void. The only thing good for a body gone bad is love. Love plus nothing. What does love do to a body? What does love, the druggy, curative, restorative kind, the, the mending, rebuilding, reconciling kind of love, what does love do to a body? Preacher Paul's got a good sense of this because he met a body face to face, one that knocked him on his face, one that rose again in his body, and he, Jesus, Son of God and Lord of you and Lord of all, he can tell you what love does to a body. It moved him from heaven to earth to take on a body. It moved him in the flesh to be born of a woman, to be born under the law, to redeem us in our bodies under the law. What does love do to a body? It made his do flip-flops. It made his heart turn over and over again when he saw the poor and the sick and the blind and the lame and the silly and the proud and the angry and the ugly and the hurt when he saw them like sheep without a shepherd and he had compassion on them when he healed and opened and restored a powerful testimony to a Lord Jesus who heals bodies theirs and yours what does love do to a body it moved the Lord to offer his own to whips slaps, to insults, abuse, and spit. What does love do to a body? It broke his own skin on his back and his brow, on his feet and his hands and his side. It broke his vessels. It broke his connective tissue. What does love do to a body? Dear friend in Christ, Jesus' love for you broke his heart. That's what love did to his body. The love that bears all things bore my sin to death in his body. The love that bears all things bore your sin to death in Jesus' body. The love that bears all things carried it to the grave and there it stays. All the division of the Corinthians, all the divisions of you, and pride, and irritability, and puffed-uppedness, and all. That's strong magic. That's strong medicine. But it's neither one. It's God in a body, breaking in time and space. History, an empty grave in Palestine. A body of love, risen. A body given. 
for you, body and blood, to restore you to him, body and blood, to restore you, yes, even you, as the body of Christ, to restore you to each other. And that, in the end, is what love does to your body. It restores it, heals it. The love of Christ, dead and risen, is the only thing that can. Not just affection, sentiment, emotion, desire. Not the passion of lust, but the passion of Christ. To take you from a body divided to a body whole. Whole with each other. Whole with him, wholly his, in Jesus' name.